Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Yeah, welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I am Molly Bay. <laughs> Today is June 3rd, 2020. Beautiful day outside. 102 days until Buccaneers kickoff. So the next time we do a podcast, we'll be in the double digits. What? What? Oh my gosh, it's right around the corner. I'm so excited. But still too far away. Still too far away. Got a lot of stuff for you today. We're going to be covering the secondary. We figured everyone's kind of had enough of all the Tom Brady talk. So I have about two things to discuss about (laughs) Tom Brady and then we are done. We're going to limit the Tom Brady talk today to 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) You want to do some news first? I got a little bit of news. Fact checks and follow-ups. Oh, I do have those. Okay, so we were talking about the last three games of the Bucks season in 2019. We played the Lions, which we won. The Texans, which we lost to. And then the Falcons were the last game. Okay, so it wasn't the Falcons, the Texans, and then the Falcons. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so weird how you forget stuff like that. It's You watch so many games, and you just forget, like week to week, I'll forget what happened in the game oh yeah by like midway in the season i'm like i don't know who we played the first game or you know how that went and what we look like yeah i i usually have a memory span of about two or three games it is just so weird that you know there's so much drama that goes on throughout the season and you and you forget at the, by the end of the year you forget the beginning of the year yeah, absolutely. It's it's such a long season, and this is something we talk about every year. Usually, it's to delude ourselves into thinking that the season's going to go better. But then, <laughs> it's a long season, guys, just because we lost the first five. It means nothing. We're not a bad team. But it is usually a long season. And I'm not mad. I wish it could be longer. <laughs> well, hopefully, our season this year will be longer because longer. we will have some playoffs. Now, we're doing the extended playoffs this year where we're adding a team, right? I cannot remember. I think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I think we are. That's horrible. We don't know that. I think we even did a whole podcast on it. Well, I think what they said was it was after the 2020 season. I can't remember. Mm, I'm pretty sure they're doing it this year. All right. The next fact check. Last time we talked about Danger Pop Studio in... Uh, or shop mm-hmm. on Etsy, That's and right. we said Ralph said it was Carmen Vitali that we originally saw it with. It was Low Locust. Okay, yeah, you so. said that after I talked about it, and after I did the <laughs> video on it, and then you're like, you know, I think it was Low Locust. <laughs> so I had to put in a little asterisk on the video saying maybe it was Low Locust. We're not sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm like ninety percent sure it was her. New England's quarterback is Jared Stidham. Jarrett Stidham. Stidham, however you say it. I tell you, I was not impressed with the few series he did last year at it, all. It's so weird because in 2019, he was the New England drafted him last year. Okay, this is what this is so crazy to me. Did you just sniff? You did. You sniffed right into the microphone. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Cut that out. (laughs) I'm not going to remember to cut that out. Pro Football Reference says he, 
this is the description. This is during the draft. Traded by Rams as 2019 fourth round pick with 2019 third round pick to Patriots for 2019 third round pick and 2019 fifth round pick. What the hell does they even, what does all that mean? Do you know what that means? Can you follow that? I feel like I need to draw a diagram to follow what happened. So was he drafted or was he traded? Are they talking about the draft picks or are they talking about, I don't know. That's football math. I know. I just, yeah. Anyway, uh, rookie last year, he was only active for three games and he didn't even start. No, they just put him in every now and then. Uh, One time they did it to close out a game. Another time they did it. Uh, he, he did a series, and he ended up. I think he out of four passes, he threw one complete, two incomplete, and an interception. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got his stats right here. He's got two completions, four attempts. So his completion percent is fifty percent. He has fourteen yards and an interception, and his long was eleven yards. I wonder if that was the interception. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's New England's uh, quarterback. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. Finally answer the question. Is it Belichick or was it Brady? We Yeah, we'll I'm see. I'm hoping it was Brady. I know. The Bucks are betting it was Brady. <laughs> uh, Bruce Arians gave an interview on a uh, John Madden's YouTube. Joe Madden. M-A-D-D-O-N. YouTube show titled Uncorked. And... He said that Brady's pretty much made an impact now already, like you can tell in the locker room. He says, quote, when he talks, they listen. It's so different than a coach. I think for us as coaches, there has to be a bond between the coach and those guys so that you give them ownership. You ask them questions. How do you want to do things? So if they think they have a big hand in it, they send a message to the rest of the guys. They send a message to the rest of the guys. They said your message to the rest of the guys. With Tom, it's been fantastic. So, you you really should have done that in a Bruce Arians voice. No biscuit, no biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> That's the best I can do. My last little piece of news is Gronk lost his WWE twenty four seven title. I don't even know what that is. A twenty four seven title. What's that mean? From the WWE, remember? Yeah, I know, but what is a twenty four seven title? I don't know. I think it's where they can like ambush you twenty four seven and steal it back, oh, take okay. it from you. Like yeah. they can challenge you anytime. So he lost it to our truth. Um, Gronk was had an assistant that was helping him film a TikTok video dance, and our truth was disguised as a landscaper in the background and ambushed Gronk and. The assistant was actually a referee in disguise, so he rips off his hoodie with the with the stripes on, and our truth pins Gronk down. I they saw that. Count it. Yeah, they yeah, count it. Was, it. It was very fast. He just it was like flipped quick. him over and pinned him. Yeah, typical WWE fashion. It was clearly staged. Men soap opera. Yeah. So anyway, Gronk can completely focus on the Buccaneers now because he does not have that pesky WWE title to maintain. Less than a month after the Bucs announced that they would be holding joint practices in Tampa with the Jacksonville Jaguars prior to their preseason matchup scheduled for August 20th, 22nd, uh, 
Adam Schefter has reported that teams will now be required to remain at their own training facility for their entirety of training camp in 2020. So there will be no preseason or there will be no joint practice with the oh, Jacksonville Jaguars. That sucks. I feel like they got a lot out of that because they get to practice against another team. I don't think any teams are going to be doing joint practices this year. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. But that's what I'm yeah. saying. Just it, yeah. I think hey, it's good. As long as everybody teams. else can't do it, I'm fine. Yeah. No, they just don't want to give us a leg up, so they're punishing the Buccaneers. It's just only. us. It's just, we're special. <laughs> All right. Well, that was 10 minutes worth of news. Yeah. Not too bad. And fact checks and follow ups. What are we going to do now? I don't know. You got, you got any, anything about Tom Brady? No, I'm done with Tom Brady. We. We'll not mention that name for the rest of the podcast. How about that? Okay. I can't make any promises, really. So speaking of Tom Brady, there's been a lot of news on him. It seems like the whole sports world has been focused on that, and especially the uh, Buccaneers media, of course. It's been Tom Brady and Gronkowski 24-7 without the title. And we're totally leaving out the defense. Now, I'm a defensive guy. I love defense. It's why I became a Buccaneer fan to begin with. I was fortunate to join in the fandom right when Warren Sapp and John Lynch and Rondé Barber and Derek Brooks and all those guys started dominating. You know, I, was there for, I was there, saw it building up, and I was very fortunate enough to see it go all the way through to the Super Bowl. I'm seeing the same thing with this defense, and I'm very, very excited. I'm actually more excited about this defense than I am our offense. How crazy is that? We've got Tom Brady. We've got Mike Evans. We've got Ron Gronkowski. We've got Chris Godwin. And I'm more excited about our defense. They're not getting enough love. It's understandable, though, because it's a a big event having those two big celebrities come and chill out with the band the Buccaneers but we've got to remember that this defense was astounding at the end of the year we have the sack leader in Shaquille Barrett who he surprised everybody Uh, nobody saw that coming nobody saw it but in hindsight you look at it and you go how did nobody see that coming because the guy is just awesome it's not it wasn't fluke stuff the guy has got great 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 technique he's a master technician out there and he's got a lot of moves that i've never seen before just that little superman kick thing and he uses a lot of moves he's got a a binder full of moves that apparently you, you get that a lot with defensive ends where they'll you know they'll have a few moves and they're just very good at it it seems like shaquille barrett is good at all of them and a few that he's made up and thrown in himself so we've got shaquille barrett we've got the Kong Su, of course and he's just you know, a man beast, but we have Vita Vea, who I think is the best defensive lineman in football. Uh, was it a year ago? I said, this guy's going to be better than Warren Sapp. And I was with, uh, did an interview with uh, real bucks talk, Mark and Mike the other day. Uh, it's a great interview. If you get a chance, go check them out on YouTube. Uh, they do a lot of good film breakdown, but uh, we were talking and, uh, they had done a, a Vita Vea video breakdown and it was really good. And we were talking about Vita Vea, and this guy is the most entertaining guy I've ever watched on game film. And I told them, I said, my most disappointed player last year was Vita Vea. And I know it's shocking because he, he played really, really well last year, but he didn't play as good as I thought he could play. 
He was uh, a little more reserved. It seemed like I held back a little bit. He played more strategic. And oh, okay. Hillman, mm-hmm. Hillman Sue really, really worked good together up front. And he was more, he was used, utilized more in run stopping. Uh, he wasn't rushing the quarterback as much, but he can do both. That's the thing. He does them both at the same time. And the guy is just so, inter- he's the most entertaining guy I've ever watched on game film. He's got, He's got power. He's got speed. He's got endurance. He, you could tell he just loves to play the game. When he first started out, the first year, uh, he was injured. And yeah, I think got injured. Was he in training in camp? Training camp. Mm-hmm. It was like a calf, right? Yes. So when he came on the field, you know, he didn't have any training camp experience. Yeah, he had no preseason. Right. And uh, so he was coming out there totally raw. Who was it that called him Velcro Villa? Was it Sap? It was either Sap or Ian Beckles. I can't remember which one started it. Yeah, and it was so apropos because Vita was so, it seemed he was more interested in fighting with the offensive linemen and basically just throwing them around and beating them up than he was watching the ball carrier or, you know, the, the pass. He wasn't paying attention to the ball. And he would be grappling with guys, you know, and he'd be pushing them back immediately, three or four or five feet. And... The ball carrier would run right past him, and he wouldn't even acknowledge the guy. So, you know, he kind of got that reputation, but then a few games in, he really started getting his groove, and he's just so much fun to watch. Most of the time when you watch game film, these guys, if a guy makes two or three good plays a game, that's that's good. I mean, that's that's better than normal. You know, usually most players, uh, they'll be average. You know, they'll, it, you know, it's not good. It's not bad. Uh, then you have the players who, you know, they'll have more bad plays than they do good plays. And those are the guys that I really focus on because I, I focus a lot on mistakes and who messes up during a play. To me, that's extremely important to evaluate football players, not who makes plays. Now, that's very important, but it to me, it's not as important as who makes the mistakes. Vita Vea. When you watch him, he is making plays almost every snap. And that's so rare. I mean, it's so rare. You know, I mean, he is influencing the the path of the football. He is putting pressure on the quarterback. He is he just does a lot of good stuff. He he's like I said, the most entertaining and the best defensive lineman, I think, in the NFL. So we've got Shaquille Barrett, we've got Vita Vea, we got Adamakangasu, we lost Nassib. That was sad. But it is good to see him go get the starting job. He deserves it. And then we have JPP, who, if nothing else, I mean, he's a great football player. If nothing else, he he puts the fear of God in those guys. I know. Because, you know, the secondary was just a mess until JPP came back from his broken neck. You know, how many guys can have their hand blown off and come back and play football and then break their neck and then come back and play football? He's just incredible yeah he, he's a tough dude but he came back and the defense was the secondary was horrible at the beginning of last year and then jpp came back and they immediately straightened up and it was like that game so you know he's a, he's an outstanding player but he's more of, of an outstanding leader you know he's got that veteran leadership i think Kong Su is not so much of a leader i think he's you know, the quiet type he just kind yeah, of goes out there so and does too. his job and you know, he's not getting on people and all that stuff. Uh, JPP, I think I feel like he's a drill sergeant out there. You know, absolutely. If you mess up, and he talks the talk. 
I mean, he is busting his butt every single play. Mm -hmm. He's playing as hard as he possibly can. He's playing through pain. I mean, last year he came back from the neck injury and then didn't he hurt his knee and he's playing through knee injuries or was that the season before? Anyway, the dude plays through injuries and he plays just as hard Mm -hmm. as if he was perfectly healthy. Yeah, injuries don't seem to bother the guy. At all. Who breaks their neck and then comes (laughs) back and plays football four months later? (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean, he wrecked his car. Yeah. What was it, a Lamborghini or Ferrari? Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At high speeds in the rain, he gets out. He's walking around. He's got a broken neck. It's weird. But, you know, so we got an extremely talented. I mean, we're going to have the same run-stopping front line that we had last year. You know, we still got uh, Nacho. We uh, lost Bo Patrick, Allen. Right, right. We lost Bo Allen. Uh, we still got Patrick O'Connor. Will Golston. Will Golston, yeah. Gosh, why do I keep forgetting about him? That's 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 crazy. He's a great run stopper, and uh, you know, so we've got that covered. We've got the pass rush, and we've got the run stopping. We have awesome linebackers. You know, Devin White, Levante David. And it's funny. I'm talking about uh, Shaquille Barrett and JPP are considered linebackers too. But you know, I mean, that's their official position, but they're. You know, I, I see them as defensive ends. You know, I'm still that four three defense thinking. <laughs> so, well, you know, we've got Devin White is is really good. He really came on strong after his uh, stumbling coming out of the gate and his injuries. And then, you know, Levante David, of course. Now that Keekley's out of the division, Levante David is going to be considered the best linebacker in the NFC South, if not in the NFC. Totally. He, he was always overshadowed by Luke Keekley. Absolutely. You know, and you would say that Luke Keekley is really, really good. So it's deserved. But Levante Debo is right there with Luke Keekley. Yeah. I mean, he's better than him in a lot of stats. Right. Uh, so, you know, and we got Sam Ocho. Ocho uh, Do we still have him? Kevin Minter. Yeah, we got Kevin. You know, so our linebackers are set. Our front line is set. Our front seven is set. So we want to talk about our secondary. I don't think they get enough love, uh, and understandably so, because they were a large part of why we started off so sluggish last year. Uh, and it was understandable because they're so young. They were all rookies, basically. I mean, mm-hmm. we had Carlton Davis, who has been there a little bit of time, two or three years. Mm-hmm. How long has he been there? Uh, and then Ryan Smith, who was a veteran, but then um, was suspended the first four games, so he wasn't there. Right. And then we had VH3, our first-round draft pick from 2016. 2016, who never lived up to his billing and uh, started off really bad. But he did he did win us the <laughs> Carolina Panthers game when he stopped yeah, and he Christian got a, McCaffrey. He got a pick six in the San Francisco game, the first game. I the first game, about that. yes. And then uh, he just started getting torched after that, it seemed. They picked on him a lot. Yes. And he was the veteran leader of the cornerback room, and the the secondary was just performing like dog poop. You know, we were we were on pace for giving up the most yards and most points ever in the history of the NFL. Well, JPP came back from his broken neck, and he heard this was after the loss to was it it wasn't the Panthers? What was it? I don't know. It was it was a bad loss, and. Uh, JPP, they were in the locker room, and there was somebody interviewing Levante David, and you could hear in the background JPP cussing out 
we assume it was VH3 in the shower because they were all in there joking around and goofing off. And he started cussing them out, you know, and he was like, man, y'all need to take this game more serious. This isn't funny. You know, y'all are all just goofing off. We just lost and all that good stuff. And then, well, VH3 was cut. Uh, what, what, like a week later, two weeks later? Yeah, it was not long. No, we traded him to the Texans, okay. right? Didn't we, didn't we trade him? I want to say we cut him. You're right. We did. We cut him on November 12th. And then the Texans claimed him off of waivers. So we got rid of him. And then all of a sudden, our secondary just started popping off. They were playing lights out. We closed the, the season with probably the best secondary in league. And that's really saying something because most of the guys were drafted. Yes, they were very, very young. Rookies or, so, you know, very young players, two, three years in the league. I think it was Pro Football Focus who put out the stat that said that the Bucks cornerbacks dropped more interceptions than most teams had all year. Yeah. Uh, it was just, it was crazy. I've never seen a group turn around that quick and go from being so bad to being so good in, in just one season. Uh, Kansas City kind of did it. Their whole defense did last year. But the our cornerbacks just really, really started playing well. And that was our weakness. I think we are in for some amazing stuff from those guys. The front seven is going to put pressure on opposing cornerbacks like they did last year. Teams aren't going to be able to run on us. Uh, they're going to get pressured. These quarterbacks are going to have to get rid of the ball quick, and these cornerbacks are going to have so many interceptions uh, this year. But people are sleeping on our defense. You know, the focus is Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Now, that's what everybody is talking about. That's what everybody's thinking about. But you know, everybody's sleeping on this defense. This defense is a top five defense in every category. You know, there's a question at safety, but only in uh, coverage. You know, there's no question about their ability to tackle. <laughs> George Whitehead oh, yeah. is going is to light you up. He is like one of my favorite people in yes. the secondary. Yes. I don't know who's going to get the starting role there. We we drafted Antoine Winfield. I do not know how much of a, uh, you know, how much he's going to be on the field this year. I would imagine quite a bit. Uh, well, given that they had no trepidation starting any of these guys last season that they drafted, yeah, yeah. I, w- I would not be surprised to see him starting. He seems like a, a very tough guy, a good tackler, uh, very, very football aware. You know, he's he's a ball hawk. I think he's going to be able to play in the box. You know, he's not going to be just a uh, covered safety. We've got Mike Edwards. Antoine Winfield, Jr., Jordan Whitehead, Justin Evans. Justin Evans is a question mark still. He had surgery Mm -hmm. on his Achilles in the offseason. He was injured last season, all season. He was on IR. I don't think, did he ever get on the field? I don't think he did. Hmm. Even in preseason. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't, so, and it's been a different injury like every time. It's the toe or the Achilles, so. You know, his health has been a real issue. Yes, and, you know, back uh, in the Lovey Smith days, now, it, w- it wasn't Lovey Smith. It was uh, 2018 against the Chicago Bears. Justin Evans had the worst game I've ever seen an NFL player have. He, he was totally lost out there. He had no idea what he was doing. He was it, it just, it was really bad. It cost us the game. They, it, you know, I mean, Mitch Trubisky 
lit us up. They ended up winning 48-10. to 10. Ugh. It was a very bad game, and a large part of it was due to Justin Evans. He just didn't know a thing, what he was doing out there. And I haven't seen anything from him yet that's made me go, that was an anomaly. I mean, I'm not saying he's like that anymore, but he's, he, he, just, he just hasn't impressed me. You know, the little bit I've seen from him. So I, I don't know what's going on with that. Like you said, we don't even know if he'll make the field this year. Uh, but we've got uh, Mike Edwards. I like him. Jordan Whitehead, definitely like him. He's my, he's my number one guy in the safety position. We've got Andrew Adams still, Triple A. Triple A. Yeah, had three interceptions against Cam Newton in one game. That's why he's called Triple A. Uh, Dakota Dixon. Which BA really likes Dakota Dixon. Okay. Uh, and Javon Hagen, we drafted him. Or he's, he's a, uh, did we draft him? See, no, he's a college free agent. Free agent. Okay. Undrafted. A undrafted rookie. Right. All right. So, you know, our safety position, when it comes to the secondary, they might be the weakest group, but they're not weak. I mean, Jordan And I Whitehead, would say that it's mostly due to their inexperience and their age, not anything else, like skill. Yeah. And Todd Bowles' defense is very difficult. It's a, It's not a... Simple defense to play. It takes a while to learn it. Who was it you were watching and they said that when they understood the concept, it totally turned... I think turned it was around. Sean Murphy Bunting. Yeah, yeah. He was saying that, uh, you know, the first few games, he was kind of doing his own thing and he was getting beat. And then he realized that if he would have done what they were saying to do precisely then it, it would have worked out perfect. It was the right choice. It was right. the right decision to make. It, but he didn't understand the concept of the defense at that point. Uh, and he, but he said as soon as he caught on to it, you know, as we saw, it, uh, it, really, it really worked. But what I want to major on is the cornerbacks. Uh, Carlton Davis, Jamal Dean, Ryan Smith, Mazzy Wilkins, I like him, uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, MJ Stewart. Those are the guys that I think are going to set records this year. I think they are going to – because teams are not going to be able to stop our offense. They're just not going to be able to do it. We're going to march down the field, and we're going to score. That's what we did all year last year. There was not a single defense that could stop us. And we were able to almost at will march down the field and score. Our biggest issue was Jameis Winston's decision-making and the mistakes. Uh, so you know, we beat ourselves, basically. And now that we have Tom Brady in there, he's not going to make those same boneheaded choices and decisions. So he's going to nullify that factor. We're still going to move down the field and score at will, basically. And teams are going to have to keep up with us. That's what they had to do last year. And, you know, so it's going to be a lot of teams trying to throw the ball down the field. Our cornerbacks are going to be vitally important in stopping our opponents because they're not going to be a run on us again. You know, I mean, nobody was able to run on us last year. Who at the Texans had a hundred yard rusher against us? <laughs> right, uh, Seattle's Chris Carson. In Seattle, those were the only two, right? Yeah, uh, we were the number one defense in the league run stuffing. It wasn't even close, and it's going to be that same way this year, probably better now that Devin White has got a year under his belt. So our cornerbacks are going to be key to stopping offenses keeping up with us. You know, they're not going to be able to run. Passing's the only way they're going to be able to do it. And 
I think we're going to shut that down. I think our defense is going to be scary, scary good. And also, playing during the preseason against Tom Brady is going to sharpen all these guys up, too. Uh, last year, they, during preseason, everybody was touting how many interceptions our secondary was getting. And everybody was like, oh, our secondary is going to be really good. And then they got out there, and I don't think they got an interception until – well, obviously, we had one interception in the San Francisco game for a pick six, but then after that, there wasn't a whole lot. We just didn't have a lot of interceptions, and we realized it wasn't the secondary was doing good in preseason. It was just that's Jameis Winston throwing interceptions. Right. It wasn't an omen for how that <laughs> season was going to go with Jameis. Right. So this year, I think Tom Brady practicing against him is going to just make them better. And I think that they're focusing more on interceptions this year. Right. I've heard that yes. that's kind of their emphasis. Yes. Okay, so as far as the secondary is concerned, last year Carlton David was the most targeted cornerback. He had 117 targets in 14 games played. That was the most of anybody in the league. They picked on him, huh? Yes, and anybody that was even in the top 10 had 16 games played. Wow. So if he would have played all 16 games, he would have really had the record there. Uh but he did fantastic with it. He had a 49.6% completion percentage rate, and he held the quarterbacks to an 80 quarterback rating. That's crazy. Yes. His completion percentage rate was 12th best in the league. Now, think about this. He was number one at being targeted, but he was the 12th best uh, at defense. You know, they really should have rethought that strategy. Yeah. In uh, a 80 quarterback rating, it's really really good on his part. Uh, that ranked him 74th out of 263 defensive eligible backs last year. Uh, so, you know, that's that's pretty good. You know, you get targeted the most and you have the 12th uh, lowest or 12th best completion percentage rate. So, and, and that, that's not considering the fact that the beginning of the year, he didn't do all that great. It was all of this, all these numbers really piled up at the end of the year. I mean, they were just playing lights out at the end of the year. Now, Jamal Dean is my boy. I really like this guy. We just watched the Bucks chat. They keep having group chats with yeah. all the uh, position groups. And yeah. the secondary was probably the most entertaining, oh followed very closely by the defensive line. It was hilarious. The yeah. defensive line, Sue put a picture. I mean, Vita put a picture of Sue as his background, like the whole time. <laughs> it, was it was so hilarious. He had a, a T-shirt made up that said... Uh, big Girl. Big Girl. That's his nickname That's for his nickname Sue. That's his nickname for Sue. Yeah, big Girl. Yeah, they, the, were, they were hilarious. But the, the quarterbacks secondary were... secondary guys. They were cracking me up. They all changed their background to the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. And then they, they started just, just changing up. it to all kinds of weird stuff. They had SpongeBob SquarePants and... Uh, it was it was hilarious. They they seem to have a real good camaraderie. Both of them and the defensive line. Yeah, those guys seem to really enjoy mm -hmm. each other. But then get so the wide receivers. Uh, but the yeah the cornerback we were laughing so hard throughout that. If you get a chance, go check it out. It's on YouTube. The uh, the Buccaneers. What's it called? Group chats. Buccaneers group chats. It's probably on their website too on Buccaneers yeah. dot com. Yeah. But it's it's really fun. It's a good way to get to know these guys. I I had no idea that Jamal Dean was so straight edge. Oh, Jamel. Yeah, he is a they kept joking on him. I felt kind of bad for him because yeah. it's apparent he's a little awkward. <laughs> well, that's Which, what they, that's they, what they described. Said, I know, yeah. like immediately they were like, he's super awkward. And yeah. uh, what else? they said something else about him. He had no swag. 
No swag. Can't dress. Just they were just joking yeah. on him the whole time. Yeah. Poor guy. He, but he took it well. He he seems. He's to probably be like, used to it by now. Yeah. He's got some thick skin. He he knows he's aw- awkward. People know they're awkward most of the time. But Jamal Dean, when he first played, his first game was against Seattle Seahawks, and I think he had four passes defense, but he gave up three touchdowns. He just got torched, and he looked kind of confused out there. And I, like I said, you know, Todd Bowles' defense is not your average defense. It's it's quite complex. But then Jamal Dean came out the next week and just killed it. And he killed it the rest of the year. I can't remember how many games he played. Was it six, seven? I don't remember. Since he played Seattle, he didn't start all the games, but he was in all the games. Anyhow, uh, he was he's 43rd in the league with a 72.4 quarterback rating. He had 17 passes defensed in seven games. That's incredible. And I think... 15 of them came from three games. <laughs> but he only started five games. He had 17 passes defensed, basically, in five games. Uh, against Seattle, he had 14 targets with 10 completions. Oof. Yeah, that was really bad. 71.4% rate with a 147.3 quarterback rating. I didn't know it went that high. Isn't that a perfect one? I think it's close <laughs> to it, yeah. He allowed three I think touchdowns. 151 is perfect, somewhere around there. Yes. After that game, didn't allow a single touchdown all year long. That is crazy. Yes, not a single one. He played 370 snaps on defense. Carlton Davis had 934. Now, just for a comparison, Marcus Peters, who's considered one of the best cornerbacks in the league, he had 987. Peters had 14 pass defenses all year long on 987 snaps. And he's considered one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Okay, so tell me Jamal Dean's again. 17. In how many snaps? 370. So like a third of the snaps. Yes, yeah. And, and, and Carlton Davis had 19 pass defenses in his 14 games. Uh, so, you know, he had more pass defenses than Peters did. Uh, Davis was targeted... 114 times. No, 117 times. Oh, wait a minute. 117 times. Peters was targeted uh, 89. Jamal Dean was targeted 52. They should have picked on Dean so, more. They were too no. busy picking on Davis. <laughs> but that's that's 52 times in seven games. Peters was targeted 89 times in 16 games. They targeted Dean. The problem was okay. he had a pass defense rate of 32%. <laughs> He batted the ball down 32% of the times they threw at him. As comparison, uh, Marcus Peters, who is one of the best in the league, had a 16% pass defense rate. Carlton Davis had a 17%. So Carlton Davis is up there with Marcus Peters. Yeah. And Jamal Dean, just in the little bit he played, blew them both away. You know, I think that's what they were talking about. They were talking about trash talk, and Dean does not trash talk. He's like, I just... Play. Right. And here's another comparison. Stephen Gilmore, who was, uh, he is considered the best. He plays with New England. I think he even got the, was he was he defensive player of the year? I can't remember. Uh, he, he was definitely acknowledged as being extremely good. He's in first place with pass defenses for 2019. He played all 16 games. He had 20. And Jamel Dean had how many? 17. What? In what? five games, yeah. In five games. Right. Uh, Carlton Davis is second in the league. Wow. With pass defenses. Jamal Dean is seventh 
with only playing with five games with only starting five games. I mean, he played in seven games, but he only started five. I mean, that's that's crazy. That's that's unreal. Now, Jamal Dean is fascinating to watch on game film. I mean, when me and Molly sit here and talk about him, I just get I just get giddy because he's he's very unique in his style. Uh, you see, most cornerbacks are very they're they're like springs. They're they're wound up real tight, and uh, you know they they stick with their guys, and they you know when the ball is thrown, they you know they're they're there. You know, Jamal Dean is very strange in his style because he he moves. It looks very slow, but he's got this long stride, and it, it kind of reminds me of. <laughs> Did you ever see? Did you ever see like the Bigfoot footage from? Yeah, like the, the, yeah. the way that guy, the the Bigfoot With walked, the was very awkward yeah. looking. That's how Jamal Dean looks <laughs> out there in the thing. He's just got that that weird stride, and he will. Our our cornerbacks were very good with sticking to the receivers last year. I mean, it was so rare if there was an open wide receiver, but Jamal Dean has this thing where he just he kind of looks like he's. Uh, not really running fast, but he's keeping up with the guys. But when the ball is thrown, it's like he'll just see it out of the corner of his eye and just go, oh, hey, there's the ball. I'm just going to reach out and bat it down. He could be like 20 feet away from the guy, and it seems like all of a sudden, boom, he's there and he's batting the ball down. And it doesn't look like he's moving fast. It's just like, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and go over here and knock this ball down. You know, <laughs> it's, it's very strange, but I love watching him because it's a very unique style. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that this year. I hope they don't. You know, coaches will do that sometimes where they'll say, okay, you got to play like this instead of letting guys play with their, you know, their natural ability or natural style. So I hope they don't beat that out of him, but I, I don't think they will. It didn't seem like they had a problem with it last year. Um, but yeah, Dean only took snaps in, in seven games, I think it was. Might have been eight, but it was, but he only started five. And like I said, he had uh, 370 total snaps on defense. And he's seventh for amount of passes defense. That is just so crazy. It is. It is insane. And that's not include. Yeah, that is including the Seattle game because I think he had four in that game. But he also had three touchdowns on him. So I am extremely excited about those two guys in particular. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, great cornerback. I guess he started off real slow too, mm-hmm. it, yeah, like you said earlier, and. I remember during the season being a little frustrated with him, like, who is this guy? What are they doing with him? Y- yes, and B.A. was talking him up all this time. Yeah, he was talking him up, talking him up. And we're sitting there going, where is this? Yeah, where? what are they talking about? And eventually, well, you know, definitely towards the end of the season, and I can think of the Detroit game where he just had a light, he played lights out, and of course that's his hometown, so he had a really good game there. And he just had a strong finish. And I was really impressed with him. How he kind of, you could see the progression through the season. Yeah, he's got a lot of speed out there. He's, I think he's probably the fastest mm-hmm. of the cornerbacks. He's got like a closing speed that's crazy. Uh, so we, we, we have a great, great set of uh, the, the cornerbacks there. And we got MJ Stewart in there as well. Uh, he's more, you know, he's, he's usually our slot corner and he doesn't, he doesn't have a lot of speed to him. Uh, you know, it's kind of his Achilles heel, but he's still a great player. I enjoy watching him. Then there's Ryan Smith. Now, Ryan Smith, like you said, uh, he's been here for a little bit. Yeah, two or three, four years maybe. Four. Yeah, in 2016, he came in the league. So this will be his fourth year. 
And I'm hoping I'm not confusing Ryan Smith and Justin Evans with that Chicago game. I know no, I, I have this issue. I don't issue. think okay. you are. Uh, they're just such common names. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I like football <laughs> players with these weird names, man. It's easier to remember. Uh, but Ryan Smith, he got suspended last year for the first, was it four games? Yes. Okay. Now go back and look, everybody, at our special teams in those first four games. They were atrocious. Uh, we gave up horrible, horrible field position in those special teams. Then Ryan Smith came back, and he played on special teams. And this guy was a lights out on special teams. He, I, I want to say, he was in easily, easily 80% of the tackles on special teams. Usually he was the first guy down there. It was so spectacular that there was at one point, I can't remember who it was, I want to say it was the Texans, but they put three guys on him during one punt to try and stop him, and he still got past them. He was incredible. First of all, who does that in special teams? Like, why as a co- when you're coaching, like you put that yeah, much in- into a player on special teams? Yeah, and and one of the problems on special teams was VH three Vernon Hargreaves the third. He he was he did not want to play special teams. That it looked like to me. And if you go back and watch my videos, I was just I was furious with the guy. I was like, he's not even trying, right? And, and then, they eventually pulled him out. Yeah, they eventually stopped having him play special teams in the gunner position. And then Ryan Smith, when he comes back, they put him in the gunner. And he was just killing it. I mean, he was blowing people up. And he was giving – they double teamed him every time after the first couple of games because he was just getting down the field and tackling uh, the ball carrier extremely fast. So all the teams started – having two guys to try and stop him and he was beating them so then, and I, I gotta remember who it was we'll have that in fact chapter follow up uh next podcast but they had three guys on him and he still got by those three guys and i want to say he made the tackle i can't remember but it was it was amazing i was like wow and after that it was a, it was like other teams just gave up on trying to block him i mean he's he's a spectacular gunner on special teams spectacular best i've ever seen Let's put it that way. So we have that. There is so much in this team where I say that. I say that all the time with these guys. Best I've ever seen. Vita Vea, best I've ever seen. Uh, Shaquille Barrett, best I've ever seen. Mike Evans, best I've ever seen. Ryan Smith, best I've ever seen. Jamal Dean, best I've ever seen. I mean, normally you're lucky to have two or three guys that you could say are at the top of the league. We've got, hell, I'd say six guys. That are the best at their position, or at least in the top three. Levante David, did you say him? Levante David, yeah, yeah. And I think Devin White's going to follow in his footsteps and be just as good. Uh, they do. They just resemble each other so much. Like they're the same size. They have that same play style. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Uh, I think Devin is a little more energetic and uh, a little more personality wise. And oh yeah, personality. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. I think that they are. They're like uh, brothers. They just rem- they're so similar. Yeah, yeah. Older brother and younger brother. It's yeah. so weird thinking of Levante David as the old guy now. I know. He's been <laughs> in the league, what, like nine years? I think he, years? He's, our, he's our longest tenured Buccaneer right now. That's just outrageous. Pretty sure. So, yeah. I mean, gosh, we have so many guys that are, I mean, like uh, Carlton Davis is second in the league for uh, passes defensed in 2019. That's after we're only starting 14 games, you know? Jamal Dean, seventh in the league at passes defense. After you know, only starting 
five games. That's incredible. That is incredible. I, I don't think uh, most people can really grasp how good that is. And that's what I'm saying. The last, the last four or five games of the year last year, I was just like, how are these guys knocking so many balls out of the air? And we're going to see this year coming up, 2020, a lot more interceptions and a lot more pass defenses because now these guys have another year in this system. Yeah, I think they will be playing definitely more complete games because what we saw last year, and this was kind of endemic of the team as a whole because, you know, one day the offense would be on, but the defense was mm-hmm. giving a lot of stuff up. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of saw that internal to the defense too, where it was like the defensive line was playing lights out, but then the secondary is kind of mm-hmm. getting picked on. And yeah, so yeah. I think this season we have a there might be more cohesion and more complete games from the defense. And like you said, our def- our secondary was so young last year, and that included our linebacking core too. Uh, you know, Devin White, you know, it was a rookie year. And I had I had argued with people, but I I think I did a video on it, and we talked about it on the podcast that, uh, you know, the first, first half of the season last year, the linebackers just themselves gave up 30% of the completions. Yeah, and Devin White in particular, which people yeah, yeah. took issue they did, with. Yeah, they did not want to hear me say that. Well, and, and I get it because he's a rookie. You don't want to give him too no, hard of a time. Yeah, yeah. But facts are facts. I mean... Yeah, and, and like we said, it's this is a very difficult de- defense to uh, mm-hmm. get a grasp on. I know. Even the guys who had been in a Todd Bowles system before, like Kevin Minter played under him in Arizona, came here and was still getting burned in coverage when mm-hmm. Devin right. was out. Yep, yep, that's right. So the linebackers, you know, they eventually got their coverage a little bit better towards the end of the season. And then our cornerbacks were stepping up, our safeties were stepping up. And, you know, it's just... If we wouldn't have had such a uh, mistake-prone quarterback, we would have went to the playoffs. I really believe it. Uh, you know, and I, I hate to say that because I really like Jameis Winston. I, I, I wish he could have done what we needed him to do. But, you know, now he's with the Saints, and <laughs> I hope he has a very bad uh, – <laughs> The rest of his career while he's there. It's funny. We got comments on YouTube from two Saints fans who loved your videos. And one of them was very excited about Jameis. They were happy to have Jameis. And <laughs> I'm happy they got Jameis, too. <laughs> I, can't, I hope he starts so against we'll, them. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how it plays out. Did you see Drew Brees said that, uh, something about the, you know, he doesn't agree with people kneeling and like a lot of his teammates unfollowed him on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. Oh no. Yeah, so oof. You know, and at the the climate right now, you can't say anything like that. This yeah. is this is a uh, cancel culture we were living in. You cannot come out and say anything against any of this stuff or even just not be in support of it. I mean, you have to uh you have to be supportive. There's there's just nothing else you can do and that might be the end of Drew Brees' career. I could see where they don't even start him this year. I mean, if he, if I mean, that's gonna that will that will divide a locker room. Yeah, quick. absolutely. Yeah, locker rooms are very delicate ecosystems. And I the, mean, we saw it in San Francisco with Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. I mean, that locker room just imploded with the situation with him and Alden Smith. Yep. And you know, with the the climate going on now, with all this stuff. Uh, you know, these guys, 
are rarely on edge. And, you know, Drew Brees said what they considered to be wrong, something wrong and offensive. So right now you can't do that. You get fired. Every, you'll get. I think everybody's on edge. I think it's a country. We're just on edge. Yeah. So, so. I'm not mad about it is, is my point with Drew Brees. <laughs> right. I hope they do, you know, put him on the bench or cut him and let Jameis Winston start. I would be so happy to see that. It would be awesome. And then have Jamal Dean and Carlton Davis. They, <laughs> they were picking him off last year. I know. Year they got a lot of practice doing it. Practice, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How funny would that be if he starts against us week one and we just tear him up? I want his first pass to be a pick six. <laughs> that's what he did to us. You know, his first pass as a Buccaneer was a pick six. Yep. His last pass was a pick six. So I want his first pass against the Buccaneers to be a pick six. And then every pass from then on, I want it to be a pick six. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jameis, I love you. points for the Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah. I loved you, Jameis, but you ain't on our team no more. You ain't our division. Us. You're dead to me. <laughs> if he wasn't in the division, it would be different. It would be different. And if, and, he, if we and weren't playing I, him this year. And do yeah. I fault him for it? No. I don't no, fault no, him no. for it. Yeah. Okay. But it's just the way it is. You're dead to me. <laughs> You're dead to me. <laughs> I want to stomp you. <laughs> uh, it's all competition. We love it. It's all fun and games. Literally. Yeah, that's what sports are about. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, we need sports back right now. You know, we need an outlet. We need. We went to the beach today. And, man, it was so crowded down there. We're, we're in Virginia, in Virginia Beach. And it was packed. Yeah, it was amazing. And just people just need to be out and socializing. It was and beautiful, doing, yeah. and it was just like a regular day, you know. Yeah, it was very strange. Kids out. all playing with each other. Yeah, it was. It was like the last three months had never happened. I it was know. Like everything was back to normal. Weird. And if you're not aware, Virginia Beach had you know some of the riots slash protests down there. It was riots. We sat here and watched it. There was there was one guy out there holding the sign. Our riots but, were lame, though. I don't want to, like, know. it was, was embarrassing. <laughs> we had more police than there were rioters. I'm like, God, I want to go she and, was, I want to go take a crowbar to some windows. Like, y'all look, <laughs> what is going on? They were so lame. They just busted out some windows. And yeah. And there were legitimate protesters, and then they were the people just causing destruction. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, down there, there were a lot of. Shuttered. Yeah, businesses uh, with windows, you know. Yeah, that, that's basically all they did was bust it out. Of yeah, windows. yeah, it wasn't what we've seen anywhere else. So. No, no. But like you said, there was there was probably maybe a hundred people, and there's probably two hundred cops. Yeah, it was. I was like, ooh, okay. Yeah. yeah, we were watching it live, and then we were listening on the police scanners too. So it was fun. A lot of the stuff happened not at the the the, the at the ocean front. It was you know back. You know, a few streets back or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a few neighborhoods away. You know, they were like roaming around in groups and causing disturbances everywhere. So uh, what brought all that up? What was I saying? That we had just gotten back to normal. We need sports. Because oh, yes. We need, we need sports, man. Yeah. We need sports. You can't lock people up in their houses for three months, take away their jobs, take away their yeah. outlets. Yeah. You know, and then expect them to not be mentally Pet shit crazy. Absolutely. I do. I feel like a basket case. I feel like everyone I know is a basket case. It's, mm-hmm. And it's for everybody, I think, is manifesting differently. Yeah. Just yeah. depending on who you are. So it's, it's, uh, oh, we need sports. Yes. Give us sports, please. Give us sports. Please. Let them eat cake. <laughs> <laughs> our, give us our circus. Yeah. So 
there's so much going on with our offense, and everybody knows our offense is going to be unstoppable with Tom Brady. You know, of course, unless you know circumstances, you know, the team implodes or uh, you know there's a lot of injuries or whatever. I mean, our offensive line is going to do great. You know, like I said, they're going to be a top ten, most likely a top five offensive line. Tom Brady's going to you know be Tom Brady. He's going to make you know, good completions, a lot of uh, good decisions. He's going to move the ball down the field. He's going to score a lot. Uh, Mike Evans is going to be Mike Evans. You know, he's just going to catch whatever you throw his way. Chris Godwin is going to, you know, I mean, we all know our offense is going to be good. Our biggest question is our running backs. And to be honest, we don't need any running backs. We I know. Just, I don't really care. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, our running backs are going to be mainly, you know, check down specialists, you know. Hopefully they'll be better blocking this year. Yeah. Yeah. True enough. Uh, and we all know that our second, our our front seven are good, really good, elite, They're elite. We all know that, but our secondary is not getting the love it deserves. I mean, they are really, really good. And if they if they continue with what they ended the season with, you know, the, I'm telling you, I don't, I do not see it. mathematically, football math, logic. <laughs> Everything, how we do not go to the Super Bowl and win it and just, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, a 19 and 0 season. Well, I mean, seriously, I, you know, you know, I'm an optimistic guy and I'm yeah. always going to, you know, look at the world through buccaneer colored glasses. But I mean, just the, the math on it. That is a high bar. It is a very high That's bar. That's a high bar. Okay. Let me ask you, you are not concerned about a sophomore slump for any of these guys? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I am. And I think especially having a different offseason this year, you know, the older guys, they've been through this enough times to mm. know exactly what they need to do to be ready for the season and yeah. that the onus is really on them. And a lot of they're used to taking it into their own hands and they know what they got to do. But for these young guys, you know, there's that concern that, hey, maybe they're not. That's good Focusing point. as much as they should be during this offseason. Mm-hmm. I know the team is requiring them to record workouts and send them in. But, you know, you, ju- you just don't know how seriously they can take it or, you know, if they're giving it their all. That's a good point, And we'll, we'll find that out. Uh, but that Jamal Dean, he's just so exciting to me. He's in in. in Bruce Arians talked him up a lot last year. And, and I think Bunting, too, right? Those yeah, two? Yeah, he was like, "We're I'm really excited about these two guys, and Jamal Dean didn't get out on the field till late in the season. And uh, when he did, it initially stank it up. Everybody was like, oh, my God, what is it with this what guy? What are they doing? And then, but, you know, then, they were raising their, you know, they were just upset about the draft. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we wasted all these picks on the secondary, and they're mm-hmm. terrible still. And uh, Jamal Dean, it's a, it's a, just the strangest thing. It's like when the pass is thrown in Jamal Dean's direction or anywhere within like thirty feet of him, he like grows two feet. <laughs> he, he's it's so weird. And Bruce Arians talked about that with him. He's got great length. That's what Bruce Arians says about these guys. You know, he got great length, and I never really understood what he was talking about with that until I saw Jamal Dean play. <laughs> and it, it it is he's just his ability to just stretch out. And just bat the ball down. It was really strange to watch. He almost looks like uh, the the stretchy guy from the Fantastic Four. You know what I'm saying? He just like mm-hmm. <laughs> bats the ball down he's and stretches there. by uh, Stretch Armstrong. That's he's not quite as big as Stretch Armstrong, but 
Anyhow, so that's it. Uh, the the cornerback I have high expectations for. Very excited for him. The the front seven, we're you know we're expecting them to be elite as they were last year. Uh, Do you think Shaq Barrett can have a season like he had last season? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's a it's a going to be. I think it's going to be normal for him. There was there was nothing. Almost every single one of his sacks last year he earned. You know, a lot of times you'll see these uh, these edge rushers. You know, a lot of their sacks will be because guys ran into them or they, their direction, or the other guys flushed them into them. And that happens a lot with this defense because we do get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. But Shaq Barrett always has himself in position to snag those things, and a lot of his sacks were just pure skill on his part. You know, he just beat his man flat out, got the sack. But and do he, you think teams are going to focus more on him? It doesn't matter. I'm telling you. It I think they're if, going to, but then that just yeah, leaves it, JPP open or one of the other guys. Mm-hmm, yeah, because uh, Vita Vea and Adamakong Sue, those two guys are minimum three linemen. Minimum. You know, it's, it's a good idea to have four linemen on those two guys. <laughs> so seriously, I mean, they're that You got to double Vita. Like, you're not going to hold Vita back unless you at least double him. And that's not even guaranteed then. And uh-uh. that's that's about the only way you can stop Vita Vey from killing your quarterback is double <laughs> And, uh, you know, even still with the run game, you can double those guys all you want, and they ain't going to stop them. You know, they're going to move both of those guys out of the way. They're just so strong. And what I love about v- about Vita, too, is that he is constantly chasing guys down, too. Yeah, he'll run you down from behind 20 yards down the field. Mm-hmm. I love that. In the defensive line group chat, they were talking about his jet ski. He bought a jet ski. <laughs> and he said, Vito, what's the weight limit on it? And he said, Casey Phillips asked him, they all started laughing. They were like, kind of like, oh my God, did she really just ask I him? Know. That? Is she calling him fat? Yeah. And uh, he said, it's a three person jet ski. <laughs> and so they started joking him. They said, but we know only one can ride on it. <laughs> Oh, poor Vita. Vita's a big boy. What's he, 360 pounds? Something Something like that. that. Mm, Crazy. And fast. He's incredibly fast. Athletic, but he can't jump. He cannot jump high. He can jump over people, but his vertical leap, six inches maybe. (laughs) Maybe a foot. It's so funny watching him jump up, try to bat pills. He's got a couple, but... Probably thrown by like Drew Brees, too. (laughs) And thrown it that high anyway. (laughs) Yeah, so we've got we everybody knows our offense is great. Everybody knows we're gonna score points. Everybody knows we're gonna be basically unstoppable in offense. Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, blah blah blah. Uh Buccaneer fans, we know that our secondary or our front seven is awesome. They're extremely elite, probably the best in the league. Uh the the rest of the world doesn't know that yet, but they're gonna see it this year. But our secondary, I feel like, does not get enough love, uh, especially Jamal Dean and Carlton Davis. And Ryan Smith on special teams, uh, you know it's. I, I wanted to I wanted to do a podcast just on these guys and let let the world know, put it out there in the universe. So then, know. when you're right, we can point back to this podcast. <laughs> and, say, and when we're wrong, I can just ignore it. Yeah, we'll just never talk about it again. <laughs> uh, so if uh, if things work out the way I expect, we're just going to be unstoppable. This is the best football team I've ever seen the Buccaneers have. And, you know, I was there. So for do the, you think they're the best, like, on paper? You know, you always hear that. They're the best no, on paper. No, I'm, go- I'm going all this through watching their games last year. And we had a tough schedule last year. I mean, we were oh, playing, yeah. You know, yeah. 
We weren't like the New England Patriots that had, you know, a very, very simple, easy schedule. We had tough opponents. And, and the travel. And nobody kicked our butts. You know, we did not get... New Orleans, I would say, is the only team that... But I think even then, we were still within, like, 11 points in one of the games. Yeah, we didn't get blown out. It's been a long time since we've gotten blown out. Yeah. The Chicago game is Chicago. the last time I can remember. Uh, that's Mike, Mike Smith's defense... I think that was right before he got fired. Yeah. Like two or three games. Yeah. They're deservedly so. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm just seeing a, we're just at an eight level at almost every position. You know, I mean, our, look at our tight end group. Good Lord. Our tight end group is better than most teams' wide receiver group. I know. How insane is that? You know, we've got elite linebackers. We've got elite defensive linemen. We've got an elite quarterback, elite wide receiver group, an above average Offensive line, which I'm telling you is going to be a top 10, most likely top five offensive line this year. Uh, Jameis Winston, I think, was a large part of why the offensive line didn't register as good in the stat categories. He didn't do them a whole lot of favors. Let's right. put it that way. Yeah. And our, our running backs. But that that's our weakest, weakest position groups, our running backs. And like I said, we don't need a running back. We just throw the ball the whole damn time. It worked last year. Yeah. I mean. Sure enough. Kind of, except for the interceptions. Yeah, so everybody get excited about our, our secondary, our cornerbacks, keeping an eye on them in the season. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. I think they're going to be the surprise group because we all have high expectations for every other position, uh, position group. But our cornerback group is not getting enough love, so let's get out there and show them some love. All right, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can go to our website, buccaneersobserver.com. And I believe we have all the contact information there. There's a a uh, redesign coming. It's only been in the works for, what, a year now? Probably about that. <laughs> minimum. That. You <laughs> yeah. know, it seems like my plan is to have all these things in the works and then just wait long enough to where they're out of date. They're irrelevant. Whatever. You can also shoot us a message on facebook we're on youtube also on twitter at bucks underscore observer we got a message from simon in south from south australia all the way from south australia the thunder down under yes i love it he says hi guys i'm from south australian and have been a fan of the buccaneers since 99 and was able to make the trip over and attend week 16 and 17 a few months ago Nice. So that was the Texans and the Falcons lost. Simon, you jinxed us, I think. <laughs> Just kidding. I stumbled across your podcast whilst at an airport over there and haven't missed an episode since. Keep up the good work. And Simon is actually going to send me. Uh, I didn't get back to him in time but he, for this podcast, but we'll talk about it next time. His fan experience from those games. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. We'd also love to hear any of your fan experiences. What's your best Buccaneers game memory. Send that to us on Facebook, on YouTube, or on Twitter. Nice. We'd love to hear from you guys. Good deal. That sounds fun. And it makes me want to go to a game. We're talking about the uh, Saints game in early November. I'm really pushing for that one. I think we the games that we went to, I've been to two, and I think they were in... September and October and the second the October game I was passed out in the line going into the stadium it was just so hot so I'm hoping early November it'll be a little cooler maybe upper 80s I can deal with mid 80s well we're, that's a Hopefully. night game too, oh that's so. a night game yeah okay. yeah yeah 
perfect. It will be perfect. So I'm shooting for it. Help me peer pressure Ralph into doing it. <laughs> you know, he's a homebody. He doesn't like leaving <laughs> ever. <laughs> That's not fair. Uh, yeah, that, so that is fair. I had to ambush you with the vacation to training camp last time. That's the only way I could get you to go. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> We're leaving in three days. Pack your bags. That's how that went, basically. That was my birthday present. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't travel well. <laughs> I know. See, I have to surprise them with it. Well, that's that's the thing. I don't like making all the plans and stuff. If it was, uh, if I everything's know, but already... if you, I, you know, you never have to. I do it anyway. You know that. You're just making excuses. Well, then it's your fault that we don't go <laughs> because you haven't made the plans yet. I'll go. <laughs> just make the plans. <laughs> well, there we go. All right. Yeah. yeah so send us your uh, fan stories and uh, how you became a fan. That'd be interesting to know. I always like to hear that. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for us. Until next time. Go Bucks.